Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. I'm Holly Johnson, and each Tuesday I get together with my colleague Molly Pickering to share what we've been eating, what's got us thinking, and the new products that are worth trying. And don't miss our Thursday podcast, where we chat to some of the leading names in veganism. So today I'm joined by Jasmine Harmon, who is a TV presenter and Veganuary ambassador. Hi, Jasmine. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm such a massive Place in the Sun fan. That's so cool. Most people say, oh, my gran really loves your show. Oh, God. No, well, that's showing my age then, isn't it? (laughs) No, is it still going? Is that what? Because obviously you're... um, you're calling in from Tenerife today. I am. Yes, and- in my lovely hotel room. I'm, yeah, I'm filming an episode of A Place in the Sun um, this week. It's my first one back this year. So, yeah, very happy to be back in slightly warmer weather, although it hasn't been amazing today. But it's, you know, at least it's about 20 odd degrees. So that's, I'll take that. You can't complain. I mean, we're here in the UK with just, yeah, sort of, well, it's not even that cold. It's just wet. I think it's global warming, isn't it? We've just got sort of warm, wet weather now. The weather is weird and the weather's weird all over the place. So you're probably right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for fitting us into your busy schedule. Um, do you want to start by telling us about your vegan journey and how you became involved with Veganuary? Okay, well, it all started <laughs> about eight years ago. And that is basically um, when the first Veganuary happened. It was it was January 2014. And I had just at the end of October 2013 um, had my first baby, my daughter Joy. And... So I was, I had been 
a mother for a couple of months and I heard about, I really wanted to go vegan and I heard about Veganuary and I decided to try it. I think that there were 3,300 participants that year and I was one of them. And the main reason I tried it was because although I had been vegetarian for a long time and I wanted to go vegan, I had a lot of obstacles in the way. And some of them were were my own obstacles in my own head. Like, you know, what am I going to replace? What am I going to have instead of cheese? Yeah. What am I going to eat? There's nothing to eat. (laughs) I knew there were things I could eat, but I thought I can't live without cheese. That was one of my sort of blocks in my mind. And some of them were external factors like, you know, when I'm away filming on location, I won't be able to find any food. And also, you know, my husband at the time um, was not vegan or vegetarian. Um, And, you know, he was quite resistant to me going vegan as well. So Veganuary was the perfect solution because it was only for a month. And, you know, it just gave me um, a chance to dip my toe in the vegan water, if you like, and try it out. And then obviously, after the month, I continued being vegan, but it was it was an easier step for me in my mind and also for other people around me for me to say, I'm doing this for a month, I'm trying it out. And then once I'd gained a bit more confidence, I was able to carry on with it. But I think the big catalyst for me was, you know, having been vegetarian since the age of six and that... Uh, that happened as soon as I understood that um, meat was made out of parts of dead animals. Immediately, I said to my mum, mummy, I'm vegetarian. And (laughs) she said to me, you can be vegetarian tomorrow because I've made shepherd's pie. (laughs) I vividly remember just crying into this shepherd's pie because I just couldn't bring myself to eat it. And then the next day, I I was vegetarian. So so from a very young age I didn't want to hurt animals. And in a way it's unbelievable that I got to the age of 38 before realizing that the dairy industry hurts animals and that the egg industry hurts animals and I had never really thought about it and also lots of other things, you know, that as you as you start to understand more about living a vegan lifestyle, you realise it's things like your duvet or your shoes or your lipstick or, you know, there are so many different factors that I never really thought about as a vegetarian. Um, And I understand that nobody can really be perfect and do it all, but, you know, I try my best. and, And so, Anyway, I've, I've gone around the houses completely. That's um, fine. But as a vegetarian, my reasons for being a vegetarian as a child and still as a 38-year-old mother um, were because I didn't want to cause any harm. And when I had my daughter, I really, really wanted to breastfeed her, but I didn't have any milk. And I was, you know, just upset, frustrated, I thought it was so unfair that cows just produce milk for no reason. And I've got a baby here in my arms 
and I can't seem to um, get any milk. And I persevered with it and I ended up breastfeeding her for over a year and we oh, made a success of it. But it was really, really hard. And, you know, I had a lot of fantastic um, advice from lots of different people and support. And so that was great. But what I discovered in my, um, you know, with a, with a newborn baby was that cows don't make milk for no reason. And it had never occurred to me in 38 years that cows, like any mammal, will only produce milk when they have given birth to their baby. And that was such a shock to me. And when I think about it now, it's so obvious. I know, I know, but you just don't think. You just don't think about it. And then I then I started looking into it and um, discovered more about the dairy industry and more about, you know, the egg industry. And that was where I started. I started it with food. And then obviously, you know, over the years, it's expanded in my life to, to encompass, you know, other things as well, like um, cosmetics and clothing and everything else. So it really was for me just a massive wake up call and whenever I speak to people about it you know they're really shocked as well and you might speak to somebody who's in their 60s and they say that's never occurred to me either what happens to the baby yeah when we take the mother's milk and what happens to the mother when she is you know spent and she's or what happens to you know even chickens yeah, they, they they live a fraction of their normal lifespan because they are um, living in such poor conditions, and because we are taking their eggs away from them every day. It it, it takes a lot for a chicken to produce an egg, <laughs> you know, and it depletes their their body and their resources, and so they they're usually culled after less than a year, um, and and so things like that, you know. People think, oh, eggs eggs don't kill. The chicken doesn't have to die to produce chicken, but eventually they do. And that's the same with the mother cow and that's the same with the calf. Eventually, all animals that are used um, for commercial use all end up in the slaughterhouse. Yeah, because it's a commercial um, industry, isn't it? So if they're not producing enough eggs I mean they I mean we so my mum and I rescued some chickens and from a free-range farm which was not at all how I expected it to be absolutely yeah thousands of chickens packed into a shed and um they were one pound 60 each which is the same price that they'd get if they'd sent them to slaughter because they'd stopped producing enough well my mum we got as many as we could into boxes and took them back to my mum's um, house and they produced loads and loads of eggs yeah. but obviously it wasn't enough to make it you know it wasn't enough to keep them exactly so no, exactly and you know there's a there's a massive misconception that people have about buying free range or buying um you know humanely slaughtered or whatever whatever yeah. concept that is um you know, or buying organic, you know, that they are doing enough. But, you know, it's, you're absolutely right. If a hen is um, 
producing less than one egg a day, then they're, they're not going to be viable anymore. And um, when you think that their life is worth £1.60, it's absolutely shocking. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, just, it, it's unbelievable. It doesn't make any sense when you start thinking about it logically. And that's like most things. If you, if you were to say to somebody, you know, to have the milk of another species, I mean, pick any species in the world apart from those that we are socially conditioned to think it's okay to drink the milk from, like cows, or we have goats' milk, or some, you know, sheep cheese, or whatever. Yeah. If you were to think about having the milk of another cat or a dog, (laughs) any anything, even a horse, you know, or would just be so weird. So how come it's not weird? to think of having cow's milk. I mean, it would even be weird to think of having dairy products that were produced from human milk. I like, know. Even that's weird. So how, how can it not be weird <laughs> to have milk from another species? I mean, it's just when you actually start, like, digging into it and thinking about it, it's just yeah. kind of gross. It is. <laughs> Jasmine, can I just say, I'm not good at maths, but I'm just trying to add up. So you said you had your first child at 38. Yes, well, she she was born just before I turned 38, but um, exactly, yes. Right. So, so how old is she now? She's eight now. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's just turned eight, and my little boy is six now. Wow. So we're recording on video camera. And can I just say you look incredible for 46. I've just turned 40. <laughs> I've just turned 43. And I feel like I look about 20 years older than you. Oh, you look amazing. You look beautiful. I thought you were, I'm looking at you. I thought you were like in your 20s. <laughs> No, I mean, I I have to admit here to our listeners that we are recording fairly late in the evening and I am in my pyjamas and Jasmine is looking absolutely glamorous with her. I've not long finished work, so I've got my makeup on and my hair done. So uh, I feel better now. Yes, so, you know, <laughs> I don't look like this when I when I'm going to bed. Definitely good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> in the morning, that's even. Better. Um. So, do you think it's kind of a feminist issue then? Because I I kind of looked into this earlier, just thinking about it, and um, I actually read that the suffragettes were actually ethical vegetarians because the term veganism wasn't coined until after they, you know, um, their movement. exactly their movement. Um, so they saw meat as a product of violence, and obviously female animals, you know, chickens, like we talked about, and cows are exploited aren't they for their reproductive systems I guess so do you think that veganism and feminism are kind of connected I think that there is definitely 100% a feminist issue there I did not know that about the suffragettes that is an amazing fact I love that fact but when you think about it of course you know all animals are abused if they are being used commercially for their their products or for their skin or whether it's for their meat or for whatever it is and it and in many cases it can be male or female but when you start to think about um products like dairy products or eggs you know where and and even you know even pork 
products, you know, the, the reproductive systems of the of the animals, largely female animals, because obviously they may have they, they need to have a male animal, but they might only need to have one, you know, yeah. for several females. Um, and the female animal is the one who takes the the brunt of it going through pregnancy or, you know, or laying her eggs. Um, and so it is their reproductive system that's being um, abused and commercialized because cows are forcibly impregnated by artificial insemination. Um, you know, a, a, an egg is basically a chicken's period. Yeah, I know. When I, when, when someone told me that, I was like, okay, I'm happily never, ever eating eggs ever again. <laughs> it, it, well, it is, isn't it? Because if, it if is. a human doesn't um, get her egg fertilised, then she has a period and the egg comes out. Same for a hen. If a hen's egg that comes out that's not fertilised, it's what we eat as humans, that is her her, her yeah. menstrual waste <laughs> it's just like mind-blowing but and and it is absolutely um you know for from insemination pregnancy from calves being taken away female calves being used in the same way as their mothers are um it's definitely a feminist issue and that's not to say that male animals are aren't mistreated as well because male calves are often you know, killed shortly after birth, or they might be raised for veal, or they might be raised for something else, but usually not for beef, because there are different species, different types yeah. of cattle that they use. Male chicks are usually um, killed horrifically, you know, at a day old. Yeah. So, you know, both, both male and female animals do have a terrible time in these industries. But when I think about what would I prefer if I were to, would I prefer to live a life where I was having forced to have babies over and over and over again, where my babies were taken away, my milk was taken every day, and then I was killed? Or would I prefer to just be fed every day to get fat and then killed? <laughs> like, yeah. they're pretty bad. But yeah. I would personally think that um being a female in that situation is going to be actually quite a bit worse yeah oh it's just awful isn't it it's just horrible and I just oh just can't believe that it's still happening in this day and age really I mean did you did you hear the news about um Morrison's with uh they've changed the labeling on their dairy milk so that um rather than having like a use by date they're telling people to like sniff the milk. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous. Sniff the milk and see if it's gone off before pouring it down the drain because there's such a huge amount of wastage with the, you know, the cow's milk and supermarkets. And you just think these poor cows are going through all this and then we're just pouring it down, down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for food waste just generally as well. But it, it is. It is horrible. You know, sometimes if I'm away on location and we eat out in a restaurant, um, obviously not, you know, there are lots of people in my team who eat meat and, you know, there are more vegetarians and vegans and more people making ethical choices and everyone's much more open to it now. And there are loads more options. But if somebody, for example, sat on the table with me, orders a mixed grill and they've got 
three different types of dead animal on their plate and they're just eating it without. And I'm still thinking, yeah, you can't even look. That, that must be hard. And then they don't eat half of it. Yeah. And <laughs> you're like, thinking. Like someone's died to, yeah. to, to give you this meal. And in fact, three lives have gone to give you this meal and you're going to throw it in the bin. Yeah. I, I find it really upsetting and very um disrespectful and without but that is just really evidence of the total disconnect between animals and food on someone's plates there is no connection because if the if people make the connection most people wouldn't really want to be a party to that anymore they wouldn't do you, how do you find it eating? Because obviously, I mean, presumably COVID's interrupted your, you know, traveling and everything. But how do you find it when you are abroad eating vegan? Um, it's so much better now. I mean, almost everywhere we go has got vegan options. The Happy Cow app is an absolute lifesaver in many situations. Um, but, you know, it's 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 so much better everywhere you go, even in places, random places where you think they'll never have anything here. They do understand much more frequently what vegan means. And also, even if they don't really get it, most um, establishments have to know all about the allergens in their food now. So yeah. we can always find out if it contains eggs or if it contains fish or if it can, you know, whatever other ingredients might be suspect in there you know, we, we can ask and they are obliged to know and to be able to yeah. tell us so it's got so much easier there are loads of really lovely um vegan restaurants and also other types of restaurants that offer lovely vegan options now so i have i'm finding it a pleasure and much much easier to be able to eat um good food wherever I go now oh that's brilliant news that's what we want to hear (laughs) um so are you raising your family on a vegan diet then because like you said you've got two children yeah well my children aren't vegan they are vegetarian and when I was in first pregnant I was vegetarian and so between my husband and I we decided that um this baby would be vegetarian my husband was a meat eater at the time, although I always say he was a closet veggie anyway. <laughs> um, so when Joy was born, you know, that was what we'd agreed. He was a meat eater. I was vegetarian. She was vegetarian. And so over the years, you know, I've I've taught my children, both of them, about you know, what dairy involves, obviously in an age appropriate way, which is quite difficult because there is, it is quite gruesome. Yeah, um, it is hard. And so they understand it. They are, they eat vegan most of the time. Um, but if they go to a birthday party and have a piece of cake, you know, I'm not going to lose my mind about it because, you know, we can never be perfect, you know, but I'm, I'm really happy that they are being uh, they understand more than most of their friends. They tell their friends what That's their brilliant. food is, <laughs> which is yeah. like, you know, it's it sort of gets the information out exactly. there to the children because most parents um, don't want their children to know that they're 
eating dead animals because most children won't want to do that. Um, and, you know, my husband is now vegetarian. It was actually my daughter that persuaded him to go vegetarian. And if we were having a meal out, we were in a pizza place and I had a vegan pizza and he had a pizza with pepperoni on it. And she asked him if she could have a slice of his pizza. And he said, no, because it's not vegetarian. And she asked him what was on it. And he said, pepperoni. And she said, what's pepperoni? And he could not bring himself to tell her. And so when you think to yourself, I'm eating something that I can't even bring myself to tell my child, I, I shouldn't be eating this. Yeah. And so he immediately went vegetarian after that. <laughs> after This was after about 14 years of me trying to persuade him <laughs> unsuccessfully. But, you know, he's been veggie now for about three or four years. And also, you know, mostly vegan as well. We went out to a fantastic vegan restaurant the other night and we took some friends of ours who are not vegan <laughs> and they had a ma an amazing meal and they, was sh they were shocked because, in fact, one of them was saying on the way there, I didn't know it was a vegan place we were going to. And, um, and he said, I guess I can have three desserts. <laughs> and then he had an amazing meal. So it was really great. This is the thing. It's just, you know, things are getting so much better all the time. And it's just it's just brilliant, isn't it? When people who are so like kind of out of the vegan space and don't get it at all and just think, why would you want to do that? Come to somewhere with you and, and enjoy the food. And they're like, oh, OK. It's like Alison Hammond on this morning. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> She obviously had no experience or very little experience of vegan food. Tried the nuggets. She was like, well, why are we eating chicken? And it's yeah. like, it's so true. <laughs> why do we have to kill someone, you know? I know. You can have the same taste and the same texture. And and to be honest, some of the, the meat alternative products are so convincing that even I can't bring myself to eat them. I know. <laughs> some I know. are just a bit too convincing. And I think... No, that's that's too much for me. But um, yeah, it's it's funny. Like some of the the burgers, which you know have beetroot in it, and they they, yeah. they, they bleed on the plate. I'm like, I can't cope with that. Even yeah. though I know it's beetroot, I'm you know it, it, visually it just puts me off. I know. I had a um, a family member the other day saying, "Why do you vegans want everything to be like meat if you don't want to eat animals?" And you know, why would you want your burger to bleed? And I said, "Well." Number one, we're not necessarily asking for a burger that looks like it's bleeding. It's just, <laughs> you know, the food producers are producing these things. But number two, some people aren't vegan for the animals. They're vegan for other reasons, such as health or, you know, environmentalism. And actually, they miss, miss like, meat and they enjoy yeah. the flavour and the, and the texture and everything. So to be honest with you, even people who are vegan for the animals may still enjoy the taste of an animal, but they feel that the animal's life is worth more than that moment of sensory pleasure. And yeah. that is why I think, you know, someone who's vegan for whatever reason um, hasn't gone vegan because they don't like the taste of meat. Yeah, They've gone vegan because, you know, 
it's cruel you know killing animals for their food is cruel and unnecessary they've gone maybe it's their health maybe it's the environment whatever reason it is they ha- no one show me one person that's deliberately said i'm going to go vegan because i hate the taste of meat it doesn't exist yeah it doesn't <laughs> exist so it's not because of they don't like the taste or the look it's because they don't want to hurt animals they don't want to ruin their health they don't want to kill the planet whatever the reason is that's why it makes it much easier for somebody to be kind, to be compassionate, to be healthier, to be um, kinder to the planet if they can have a plant-based alternative where they don't feel like they're missing out. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a silly question to ask, really. You know, why do vegans want things to look and taste like meat? Well, because nobody went vegan because they didn't like the taste of meat. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> that's a crazy question. Well, that's told me these silly questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be playing this to that certain family member. Thank you, because it was, it was one of those sort of Christmas family get-togethers, you know, where you kind of get those, you know, attacks by the. <laughs> well, what about this? What about that? But just quickly going back to um, raising a, a family. So, I mean, I'm very similar. So. As I've got two children, um, I've got a 15 year old girl who is vegan and a 10 year old boy who is not vegan. I think he'd like to be, but he's a typical, he's a typical 10 year old boy. You know, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like mushrooms. You know, every day there's something else that he doesn't like. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure one day he will be eating a hell of a lot more food types, but at the moment he's very, you know, picky. Um, and, yeah, I think he'd like to be vegan, but he also likes the taste of meat. And it is it is difficult. And I think this kind of turns off a lot of mums or dads because, you know, it's like, oh, well, the children are eating meat. I'm trying to be veggie or vegan. Do you find it difficult cooking meals at home? How do you work it? I, my, my children eat vegan at home. I don't right. know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't cook stuff for them that's not vegan. No. So, most of the time they are vegan. They might, you know, if they do go out or go to a friend's house or something, most most of their friends are really accommodating as well. But, you know, obviously if they go to something like a party or, or whatever, they yeah. might have something that's not vegan. Um, or if my husband's cooking for them, he might sometimes cook something for them that's not vegan. But, um, it, and it is difficult when different people in the household are eating different things. But I think, you know, my children are pretty good at eating their fruit and veg. They they like their fruit and veg, um, but they also like their chocolates and sweets and junk food, yeah. you know, as well. And you know, they like their they like to have nuggets or you know a hot dog or whatever. And yeah. I'd much rather them have a um, vegetarian, vegan hot dog um, than to have them eat processed red meat that yeah. exactly the same and it's a grade one carcinogen I, I mean it's just a no-brainer isn't it yeah definitely definitely so I you know I think there are challenges with children um and I think you know it's it's hard to change something it's hard to change their habits when they're in habits already or to say to them well you're never going to have that again you know they they kind of have to come round to that decision themselves with your encouragement and so that's why you know I mean 
it, it depends what stage you're at. You know, if you do it from birth and they've always been used to that and they've never been missing out, that's fine. Although I do have a couple of friends who've, whose children have been vegan since birth and have, you know, sort of gone to the dark side and tried milk chocolate or, you know, tried McDonald's or whatever to, because they'd never tried it and all their friends are, uh, are having it and they wanted to try it. And, and I think that sort of exploration is is sort of a natural, normal part of growing up and of being of life. So, with you know, however, however hard you try, you, you may find that um, you have your setbacks along the way. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're raising your children with knowledge and compassion, they will do the right thing themselves eventually, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. And it makes me feel a lot better because I really wish I'd raised both mine from, you know, vegan from birth, but I've only yeah. been vegan four years. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. No, I feel, I feel the same. And, you know, and it's, it's hard because obviously, you know, there's a lot of work involved if you want your child to be vegan but also to not miss out because if they go to a party then you've got to send some cake yeah. <laughs> for them to have with them or you yeah. can them for a pizza you know I mean most pizza places now are, are able to accommodate vegans but you know up until the last year or so you know a lot of them still weren't um so you know there is more work cut out for it but I, I just think that you know if my children have a non-vegan food a few times, a couple of times a week, then, you know, it's not perfect, but unfortunately we can never be perfect, but it's better than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And we, you know, we live in a very busy world. We live in the modern world. And at the end of the day, the vegan society's kind of definition of veganism is to just kind of do, do your best, isn't it? Really, whatever is practically possible. So, you know, I think um, I think that's definitely the way to go. Well, I won't keep you for too much longer, Jasmine, because I know you've had a long day filming out in Tenerife. Yeah, it's it's been fine. It's all good. Can't complain. You've got sunshine. Yeah. What? Why am I being sympathetic here? I'm sat <laughs> in the UK with like constant rain. <laughs> no, exactly. No, it's all it's all good here. We had a good first day back, and. Um, I've just been sat, sat in the car in the car park doing a voiceover in the car. It's all very glamorous, you know. Oh, <laughs> bless you. Well, just to finish, what tips would you give to someone who's completely new to veganism, who just doesn't know where to start, feels a bit overwhelmed? What what advice would you give? I would say there are um, so many great products out there. And let's say you want to try an alternative to a burger or your favorite ice cream or you know a bar of chocolate or a pizza whatever it is try those things but try and enjoy them in their own right because sometimes you know like for example for me with cheese cheese was the hardest thing for me to give up and you know there are some great vegan cheeses out there now but not that many but i enjoy the ones that i like I enjoy them for the in their own right. I'm not saying this is exactly the same as yeah. a mature cheddar or this is exactly the same as a camembert or whatever type of cheese, but it's actually really delicious and really tasty in its own right. And so I think, although yes, there might be comparisons and some things you might say, well, that doesn't taste the same, or you might be you might be saying, well, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, great. But also you might find things that 
are new to you and that are really tasty and really enjoyable in their own right and don't need to be compared to anything else. So that's a great um, way to approach alternatives. And the other thing and the other side of the coin really is to try out new things, like try out different things. I make um, spaghetti bolognese for my kids with lentils and they love it. And they, they haven't really noticed that I've stopped using like vegan mints and I've started yeah. using lentils. They've not even noticed. So because I use the same seasoning and I use the same, you know, veggies in it and the same garlic and onion, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just try something different. Try swapping out some ingredients. Try something you've never tried before. Um, maybe go out to a, a, a restaurant, look up some recipes online. There are so many ways to do it. But if you're, you know, if you're having a struggle and you're not sure um, what what to do, just think, okay, if I weren't doing veganuary or if I weren't trying to be vegan right now, what would I like to eat? And then find a vegan alternative or vegan version of that because most dishes out there have all been veganized. I mean, um, I'm a partner in a, a food company called The Brook and our tofish has won an award for being so fantastic. So for example, you know, you think, how can you have, how can you have fish? <laughs> you know, know, it's vegan, but it's really, you know, there are, there's some, there's, there's everything, everything you could possibly want out there has been veganized from all different cuisines. There are amazing vegan influencers um, all over the world who are showing their own traditional cuisines in a vegan way. And so I think, um, you know, just use the resources that are at your fingertips online and in the supermarkets. Just go go hunting out those products um, and enjoy it. Yeah, it's brilliant advice. I think we have to feel so lucky, don't we, that we are vegan or trying veganism in this day and age because it's just so easy now. There's so much information, so many products. It's just honestly, brilliant. if, if for, for any of the old school veggie vegan people that might be listening to this <laughs> you know, in, the, in the 70s and 80s when we used to go to the health food shop to get um stuff like sauce mix <laughs> it's like a powdery stuff that you added water to and then you could make it into shapes like sausages <laughs> or burgers and things like there were tins of it was called tender bits and it was I think it was seitan but it was like a can right. in a can and it was like cat food uh. <laughs> you know that's what we had as as meat replacements back in the day yeah. so now I mean you're absolutely spoiled for choice if you're exactly. who's going vegan right now because there's never been a better time or more products available to try than there are now Big up the old school vegans, we have to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, old school vegetarians. Well, veggies, yeah. You, yeah. You've, you've done well. Thank you so much, Jasmine. You you are an inspiration. And oh, um, look you. forward to seeing you. When's the next series out? Of um, It's out now. It's out. Um, in fact, it's just started last week. We've got um, five weeks of new episodes on Channel 4. But we're filming all year round. So, you know, there will always be plenty of new ones coming on. Thank you so much. Well, I hope today's episode gave you some food for thought. Molly and I are back on Tuesday when we will be sharing our health hacks 
And next Thursday, I'll be chatting to Marissa Heath from the Plant-Based Food Alliance, who's fighting for change in our food systems. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.